A reminder to our insurance brokers that this episode is eligible for half a CPD point from NEBA. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for details on where you can go to generate your CPD certificate. Hi and welcome to NTI Spotlight, the show where we shine a spotlight on everything vessels, vehicles and equipment. I'm your host, Luke Muller, NTI's Communications Manager, and today we're going to be discussing Project Cargo. What is it? What kind of insurance covers are involved? And how is it being impacted by the COVID pandemic? To help me, I'm joined by two of NTI's experts. Firstly, Kurt Heron, NTI's Logistics Risk Engineer, and also Dan Morrison, NTI's National Product Manager for Cargo. Welcome, guys. Good morning, mate. Before we kick off um, and talk about a very interesting topic today in Project Cargo, Kurt, um, as the Logistics Risk Engineer for NTI, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Um, Prior to NTI, I spent uh, 15 years in international logistics and shipping, so primarily international freight forwarding, looking at uh, project cargo and general freight. And uh, towards the end of that portion of my career, I worked with two uh, large container shipping lines, um, one of which where I was the uh, project cargo manager for Australia and so New Zealand. So well qualified to uh, to talk about our topic today. Thanks, Kurt, for being here. Dan, over to uh, to you. Um, you've had a a long career in insurance in the uh, marine and cargo space. Tell us a little bit about your career. So it's been just over twenty two years, I think, in in marine insurance specifically, and mostly um, mostly in cargo. And sort of the first ten years of of my career was here in Australia, and then. Uh, moved overseas and spent some time both in Dubai and in London, um, running cargo books and, and managing portfolios. And a, a key part of uh, the portfolio, particularly while I was overseas, was um, infrastructure projects. And, and obviously London being uh, quite a centre for insurance globally and, and seeing some pretty significant projects going through that market as well. So um, particularly over the last 10 years, I've seen some quite large project cargo risks um, and, and have been involved in the underwriting and um, working with risk engineers to support customers through uh, through the project as well. So Project Cargo, it's it's a term that I've certainly been hearing a, a, a lot um, around the traps at the moment. There's so many infrastructure projects and, and, and other big projects kicking off around the country. Dan, I'll go to you first. Can you explain to us exactly what Project Cargo is? So from, a, from an insurance perspective, um, Project Cargo is all of the items for a particular infrastructure project being moved from um, the point of manufacture to uh, the location of the project. The Project Cargo policy from an insurance perspective covers all items for a specific um, infrastructure project or, or a project um, in general. And what about some examples? So both you and Kurt have had some, some experience in Project Cargo. What What's some examples of the type of projects we're talking about here? So things like wind farms, energy projects, power plants. When I was in London, we saw um, a submission for a nuclear power plant, for example, and that was probably the biggest project I've ever seen in my, in my career. Um, all the way down to, you know, we had a, a, a small uh, brewery being set up um, in, in, I think it was in South Queensland. So 
some smaller items for a, a particular um, brewer who was trying to set up their operation. Um, but again, it was it was developing uh, a site or an infrastructure project for a specific purpose, and the items that had to be uh, moved for that for that project. Any examples that stand out to you, Kurt? Yeah, so for me, uh, the one that comes closest to mind is the first project that I was ever involved in from a logistics standpoint, and it was a bolt-on to a coal-fire power station. So the concept was it was designed to attach itself to an existing coal-fire power station, at which point uh, the equipment that was brought in would liquefy the CO2 and therefore uh, be able to be pumped into the ground and essentially make clean coal. So that's one that I would see, but they go from small projects like that through to uh, large projects such as nickel mines, uh, you know, tunnels, all, all that sort of stuff and in between. But the wind farms one is definitely a big, uh, a big one that's on the radar at the moment. But it's not just big projects like energy, is it, guys? There's also some, some smaller projects um, that you've been involved in. Yeah, there's, there's quite a variety, actually, and, and it's a really good point. I mean... It, it, the ones that get um, a lot of a lot of um, publicity and make the headlines are the big projects, power plants and mines and things like that. But you know, we've seen um, smaller projects from uh, some of our main cargo customers who are developing their manufacturing infrastructure. So you know, extending warehouses and putting in a few new machines to um, expand their manufacturing lines. Um, we've seen opportunities around train lines and and putting in. Um, new infrastructure to develop um, trains, uh, tunneling machines for for some roads and tunnels. That um, you know that's a, a constant piece of development nationally in developing our roads. Um, so it, it's quite varied, and it's it's something that we do talk to our customers about to say, you know, you, you have your standard cargo policy and the goods that you move every day, and if you're developing your site, that's potentially a, a separate policy that we can provide for specific. Uh, the specific purpose of, of those sorts of items. There's obviously a lot of challenges like you've just touched on when projects are kicking off um, for customers. What are the type of challenges that you commonly see? It's a really interesting part of what we do. You know, The first piece of the translation of the insurance policy to the customer and the risk to the underwriter. One of the things that we, we really work closely with the broker and the insured on is making sure we understand the project, we understand what they're trying to achieve, these sorts of items, the customer will find uh, the the specific item they need from anywhere in the world. Especially when you start to talk about the bigger, bulkier items, and we don't you know, we want to focus on the whole project, but the bigger, bulkier items are the harder ones to move. You'll have a manufacturing facility somewhere in the world, and we know trying to get these items from the point of manufacture when they're oversized, overdimensional, uh, quite expensive, all the way to the project site within Australia, and so getting it from the point of manufacture to the uh, to the project site safely that's really the key challenge around this one of the main misconceptions about project cargo is when people talk project cargo they usually talk the oversized the high wide the heavy cargo that's that's being moved what you'll find is the majority of project cargo is actually your small uh, easily transportable consumable material um, multiple projects will run over multiple years, you might be involved in the initial uh, commissioning of a site or a, a plant or something to that effect, but the project itself runs much longer than that. 
because you have the consumables that are uh, sent back to manufacturers under warranty or refurbished or all of this side of things. So in terms of challenges that you see from the client's side, it's not necessarily just that high, wide and heavy cargo. It's the facilitating, the storage, the, the implementation of all of that smaller product that comes into play. And when we're seeing uh, supply chain issues that we're currently seeing globally, it becomes a completely new dimension that not only are you moving the big stuff, you've also got to move the little things, but still be able to have your contracted cargo arrive on time for your, uh, for your staff that are there to, to build and implement and then the ongoing process. We've spoken about challenges there. How do clients involved in these projects overcome these challenges? The big thing is planning. That's, that's where it all starts. You need to fully understand what the cargo is, where it's going, and what the implications of that are. So just because you have a logistical person who understands doesn't necessarily mean that they are the right person for the job, which is one of the options that we bring forward to offer that assistance to know, have that contact in the market, to see who the expert is, to offer insights to our customers about what's happening and why, and then the possibility of, of bringing those contacts together and those experts together to really get that logistic move done safely. So DSU, uh, tell us what that stands for and tell us a little bit more about it. It's delay in startup coverage. So essentially, these projects will have uh, a start and a finish date with uh, each of these projects. There's an expectation to produce a certain amount of revenue or a certain level of profit. And the DSU coverage provides uh, a cover if in the event that there's an incident to the cargo, to the goods being moved, that slows down uh, the startup of that project, then the DSU cover kicks in. What exactly could trigger DSU cover? The main trigger is a loss insurable under the cargo section, the section one, means that the project doesn't start up on time. And, and within the DSU cover, the customer has to uh, give us clear uh, understanding of how they calculated the profit or the limit or the revenue that they're insuring. Perhaps an example, if there's a, a particular item that's being unloaded, for example, and and uh, it gets dropped or hits the side of a vessel or you know, gets hits the side of the truck or what have you, and it's considered unusable or it needs to be sent for repairs, that's a cargo, potentially a cargo loss. And if those repairs can't be, or a replacement item can't be sourced in time, that might delay the start of the project, which means the, the DSU could be triggered in that event. From, from our perspective, especially when you're looking at international logistics, not all regions of the world run to the same standards as Australia. So whilst in Australia, we have uh, reasonably strict protocols in terms of uh, lifting plans and safe working loads and not exceeding the capacities of cranes, that's not necessarily what we see around the world. And being that with cargo, a lot of the time when it comes to lifting and moving cargo, it's outside of our insured's hands. Um, ultimately, what can happen is lashings can break, chains can uh, obviously fail, and you do run into situations where items are dropped off cranes um, and there can be impact damage or, you know, due to poor 
um, road sur uh, route surveys on their way to and from ports. Um, at which point the lead time to replace these items if they're deemed unusable um, would essentially trigger a, a DSU coverage if they have to go back to the original manufacturer to um, to redo the equipment. Is there a type of customer that or business that this cover is most suited to? I wouldn't say there's a there's a type. It's anybody who has a need to develop a, a particular site or a particular piece of infrastructure or an expansion of their operations uh, and they can define a specific set of items and a, a, for that specific project. If, if I was a customer involved in a big project that I was kicking off, what are the three things I need to Great know? Great question. I think the three main things that you'd want to know would be where are you sourcing the product from? What implications to your business does it have if your project isn't delivered on time? And what experts do you have that are guiding your logistical project to get here safely and on budget? Dan, as a broker who is advising a client that's involved in these type of projects, what are the things that I would need to be aware of? Very similar to, to Kurt's answer, really. It's, it's it, what are the goods and where are they coming from? The logistics process is critical in, in this space and particularly when you know, you've got oversized, um, over-dimensional equipment, the logistics process and, and how it's being managed from manufacture to destination uh, to get larger items and smaller items um, from point A to point B. The details around values, around the volumes, around the need for the insurance and making sure, A, the customer is aware of the coverages that are available, as we said, you know, there's the cargo cover and then there's a second section uh, for the DSU and that they the customer fully understands what each section covers and does not cover uh, and how uh, the limits and values uh, are calculated and, and that that's shared with the insurer to make sure that they're uh, able to underwrite the, the policy appropriately. We've all seen the impacts of COVID-19 over the past uh, almost two years now and we're starting to see a lot of the world opening up again. We're seeing Freedom Days and, and, and all sorts of different things. What do you see happening with Project Cargo over the next 12 months? So from my point of view, we know the government is investing heavily to help with the Australian economy to work its way through uh, some of the challenges that COVID has presented. I see it continuing. Uh, it's, it's at an increased level perhaps at the moment. And I see it continuing at least in the short term. Um, one of the challenges, and, and perhaps Kurt can talk a bit more about it, uh, the, again, the, the logistics challenges about getting goods around the world. We see a lot of congestion in shipping and it's probably going to be quite a challenging time over the next sort of 24 months uh, to get these sorts of items uh, into Australia and, and to their final destination. So Kurt, tell me a little bit more about um, when you go out onto site to visit with clients and and help them with their business what does that commonly look like i think from my side it's it's really about working with our customers to get better understanding of who is your logistics expert you know how can we help moving forward we know as as a national leader in insurance we know our insurance product is good now's the time to start saying how else can we help where outside of what our industry-leading product is, can we provide extra value to our customers? 
And Dan, what has it meant to you and your team to have a risk engineering function for logistics now within the business? Having somebody like Kurt who can talk to the customer about their business, who understands the process of moving goods from point A to point B. Uh, as Kurt said, you know, not somebody who comes in and tells them how to do their business, but understands how it operates and can provide feedback from uh, the customer to the underwriter. Kurt provides his point of view around you know, the, the quality of their risk management, the quality of their logistics process, as well as helping um, the insured with his experience to perhaps identify ways of improving that process. So for myself, when we go out to site, obviously when we can travel as well, what we're looking for is usually pretty specific. We'll be out there for a reason, so we want to work with that customer for whatever reason. Now, it may be that they're looking at high-value cargo or it's a complex logistics move that we, we need to understand further. So what we aim to do is really discuss with our customers to look at what's happening physically in that area, but also to understand what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and then bringing forward, obviously, recommendations to them as to, you know, if there's contacts that we can utilize. But also the, the other side of that is bringing the information back to NTI. So giving NTI's insurance people, our underwriters, real world examples as to what happens and why it happens the way it does. So when we speak to somebody on site, there's two things I tell them. The first one is I'm not an insurance guy. I don't come from insurance. Insurance is not my game. I'm in the logistics game. So I'm here to talk to our customers in their way and their world. Secondly, I will never sit in front of somebody and tell them how to run their business. There's, there's no point in me pretending that I'm an expert in everything, but what we're there to do is to discuss a, what they're doing, why and how. B, is there any way that we've seen in the industry that it can be done in a different way? And also to bring back that information to better equip our underwriters for the right coverage, for the right help and the added value that we provide. Absolutely. That's what everyone's working towards together, isn't it? Thanks for joining us today for NTI's Spotlight, the show where we shine a spotlight on everything vessels, vehicles, and equipment. If you'd like to find out more about Project Cargo, delay in startup cover, uh, and any of the other topics discussed by our experts today, make sure you head on over to nti.com.au and find the resources that are available there. We'll see you next time on NTI Spotlight. For insurance brokers looking to generate a CPD certificate for this episode, please visit partner.nti.com.au forward slash project cargo podcast. That URL again is partner.nti.com.au forward slash project cargo podcast.